You're listening to Minds and Musicians, episode four, with Nick and Serena from the Mandevilles. Always, always stick to your gut, and it's worth it, even though you might be disappointed at times with the the things you hear back, feedback-wise. But like, you always have to be true to yourself. So hey guys, uh, we're here with Nick and Serena of the Mandeville's, and uh, we're gonna get right into it here. Um, so uh, as you know, we always we always want to know basically where everybody starts. So uh, I'm gonna start with Nick. Okay, Nick, you're you're how old when you get a guitar put in your hands for the first time, and how did that all start? Um, it was uh, I think I had a later start than than a lot of other people did. I was like 16 or 17. Oh wow! A lot of people I meet, they're like. They're like kids that have been playing for like 10 years. At yeah. nineteen, you're like, whoa, uh, I started pretty late because uh, we um, we had to move to like the country in Stevensville. We rented this little shack house and we didn't really have any money. And I really wanted a PlayStation three or a PlayStation <laughs> two or whatever it was, the console, at, uh, the, the, the big console at the time. That's what I really wanted. And uh, I didn't have. I didn't have anywhere near enough money uh, to buy one. So I had like $120 and I thought, well, maybe I'll get a guitar, I guess. And my dad uh, uh, was doing some electrical work for a guy who, who was like, Oh, I can teach, I can teach your kids some lessons. So you can do some kind of like did a barter where my dad does nice. electrical work. And I got like 10 guitar lessons and uh, that got me going enough to learn what, you know, all the cowboy chords are. Yeah. Tune. And, uh, and then I was kind of sent on my way when the, when the deal was fulfilled. And then after that, uh, uh, I think I, I started a band like six months in because I lived wow. in the middle of nowhere and we didn't have cable TV. We didn't have internet or anything. So I just sat down and, and sat in front of the radio and listened to 97 rock uh, all day long. And, and learned enough to learn just like my basic what what rhythm is you know and yeah. I started a band six months in and started a really crappy punk band and that's uh, awesome was the best kind yeah and yeah it was <laughs> it was you know several of them until I met Al our, our old drummer who you guys know and yeah through Al we ended up meeting Serena and then and then, then that was that. That takes us right to present day. <laughs> okay. Right. So you're saying that, and then we blinked. Yeah. Yeah, because you didn't have enough money for a PlayStation, you became a guitarist. That's pretty much the moral, the whole gist. Of that. that is. So it wasn't about chicks it. and booze at no, sixteen. It was about like complete to- and total boredom in Stevensville, <laughs> Ontario, and like having no neighbors, uh, and like not even like. You didn't really ride your bike because everything was a gravel road. And it's like, what do you do? Just ride your bike around like the field? Like, yeah. So, <laughs> so, uh, First of all, riding a bike in a field is not easy. To do. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So your, your turn, Serena. Um, where, where did it all start for you? How did you uh, how did you begin? As well, a, for me, a, it was like I was three years old and I started singing like there were cassettes that my parents had like we don't have them anymore, but there were like little crappy audio recordings of, you know, when you could just play and record on your little, whatever you had boombox kind of thing. 
but I would sing, you know, I'm a little teapot and <laughs> these kinds <laughs> of songs. Um, I think there was a legendary recording of that. And then I learned um, <laughs> New York, New York, um, the Frank Sinatra song along like that. That was one of the first real songs I learned, you know, um, and it kind of became my my calling card for a bit there because I was singing it to all my friends and, you know, singing it at school <laughs> and probably super annoying. I mean, I remember feeling like I'm annoying. This is really <laughs> not good. And then also, you know, but then it became like, I, I didn't want to sing it like in front of people all the time, but then it became a thing. It was like, Hey, get Serena up. She'll do this song, you know? Yeah. So then I don't know, you know, that's, it started like that. Basically I was always singing um, and just play, picking up a guitar. And then I, I started taking guitar lessons as well when I was a kid, but um, not to be a guitar player, let's say, I just, I just enjoyed it, but, um, and I still play it from time to time, but I'm not, the, you know, a guitar player. I would never call myself that. Um, but yeah, so then I basically always wanted to be in a band because I, I mean, I loved the Beatles and I was like, well, I want to be in the Beatles. <laughs> They're not even a thing anymore. Okay. Well, whatever. <laughs> um, cause that was like, all just like finding records in my parents, you know, closet and then, just being totally enamored with them. But then, you know, cut to high school, you know, you join the high school band. Um, that was a big thing for me. Um, even though I sem I really didn't want to do it at first. I was like the drama kid um, that likes to sing, but I, going into the music class seemed like super intimidating to me for some reason. Then I finally got in there and, you know, I started meeting you, Jack, actually like way back when. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, yeah, I basically that that really gave me the bug to like want to be in a band. Um, and then uh, one night I went and watched Al play. Yeah. The drummer that 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 Nick had mentioned before, our buddy Alan Kolvecchia. And uh, then Al's like, well, come up and sing a song because he's in this band with Nick and a couple of the younger guys. So there I am, you know, go up and I sang a couple tunes with them. It was the best thing ever. Everything mm -hmm. clicked. I was like, oh, my God wow, this is fun. But that's all I really thought about it. You know, wow, that was an amazing time. And then literally like the next day, Alan Nick called me and said, do you want to join our band? <laughs> so Listen to this. Nice. I went and got a phone book and called the different primes until I got the the one that was Serena's house. <laughs> crazy, Nick. And then I was like, hi. Wow. And then Al was with me, but Al was uh, Al didn't. I, I, I have one that did the call. But you guys were but, both on the phone. Yeah. Because when I answered the phone, I was like, I hear two voices. What's going on right now? Like, and you guys were all so cute and just like excited. And we're like, hey, want to hey. start a band? We should start a band. <laughs> the yeah. connection was immediate. Like, yes, it really time. was. It was fire. And then I just like lost my, you know, head because I was like, this is the craziest thing. I am now in a band with these guys who are my age. Yes. Yep. You know? It's happening. Finally, now this is my opportunity to like write original music with these people. I'd already kind of started doing that on my own. I'd written a couple songs, but wanted to pursue that uh, with people like, like, you know, Nick. So now how long ago was that? How long ago did that phone call take place? Uh, 19 years ago. Oh, my wow. We were, we're coming up on 20 years in the end of April of next year. Wow. Wow, that's a long time to work together for anybody. You guys have been together longer than the Beatles. 
I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's actually true. <laughs> that's so funny. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Now you guys started, uh, what was the name of the, the very first group you guys, when you first started? Because I know you went through a lot of name changes. Over we were trying to figure when it I, out this morning. Yeah. What, what was the first one? It's so, yeah. So when I joined their band, it was called Point Blank. That's okay. Kind of that's the one, the first one I remember. Yeah. yeah. yeah that's what I remember first. Yeah. And then because we were like, okay, we want to start writing original music. So then we were like, okay, let's change our name to Lens Riot. But then that basically just kind of stayed cover band stuff at the same time. It was good. It was right. a good way to, to transition from, because the old singer in the band point blank, um, our buddy, Tony, he's a great guy. Um, but that it was just very much associated with Tony and everything. So we we're trying to make it like a little bit different now that it's me singing. It's obviously a totally different vibe because of that. Um, we changed our name to lens riot, um, which I still love that name. <laughs> that was always a good one. And a lot of people like that one. Um, and that, and then we were like, okay, well, that's a cover band. That's just the cover band. We're when we started writing original music, we're like, we need to come up with an original band name. That took some time because we were like kind of working with a manager, a couple of different managers. We, we were trying to find our footing that way. Um, we had played a couple gigs as an original band as Lens Riot, although we knew that wasn't going to be the final end thing. Then we became Oliver Black for original music. Um, that band, yeah, uh, and that band did a bunch of that stuff. That band subsequently, we were fortunate enough, we got a record deal, we moved to America for a while and we got to do our the first tours and stuff we did was we're all that band and then after all of our black things you know changed a few more times to to where then there was called the band townline for a bit and then it was serena prine in the mandevilles and then it became the mandevilles and now uh, we will change the name in a couple of weeks just because I feel like it's got a, every band name. The Jack has, Mitchell has a, Quartet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the band we're in has a shelf life for a name, I feel like. We can't, you know, we would be remiss to not mention, too, that at one point, Nick broke his hand and Jack saved the day. Jack came and joined our band for however long it was. It was a, at least well, a month and a half. It was a month and a half because that's yeah. how long it takes for a wrist to heal, right? Yeah, and you came in and you just rocked it, like played, like it was amazing. Like overnight learned, an, overnight a, learned a, all a, the songs. A catalog yeah. of music. He's a freak. That <laughs> oh my god, it was so much fun too, Jack. That was a good time. Yeah. I said we think we were called Dad and the Kids back then. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. As a side note. <laughs> Uh, Jack dyed his hair when he yes. played with you guys, so yes. he didn't look so old. You just yeah. showed up with, but your hair was always white, and that's you know fine. Uh, we love your hair like that, but you just showed up to the gig with your hair dyed. We were like, whoa, <laughs> just losing it, and it looked it looked so good on you. Like your hair looks good all the ways, man. Right. Well, it you. was funny because I, I said I'm going to show up. I'm going to look like Grandpa playing with these kids. So I, I yeah. dyed my hair and I made it dark again. And uh, yeah. I thought, well, at least I'll just be dad and the kids now instead of grandpa and the kids. <laughs> so, oh, man. But yeah, I had a blast. That was actually a really good time. Uh, yeah, I get, and I got to know all you guys really well that, at that point because, you know, yeah. hanging out and, you know, we had it was a steady house gig. So it was yeah. every week, you know, we'd be hanging out and drinking together and, and uh, doing what we do. And we had a blast. It was a really good time. So I, mm -hmm. I, I enjoyed that. That was a lot of fun. So it was uh, Oliver Black that was the the original band. That was the one that you guys. Um, so did you guys get signed with? Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, we got signed to a, a label in New York City called TVT Records. Is now defunct, but like every label. Yeah, yeah. 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 But that was that was a good time. 
And then they moved us to Texas and we lived there for a bit and we, in Austin and we, they basically developed us. And that was like something we were on the last, one of the last bands to have that happen where they put money into you to like, you know, help you grow as an artist and like go and find yourselves, you know, and we did that. So we, you know, wrote songs every day. They would fly people in to like come write with us. We had very various experiences with all kinds of people like Gilby Clark and, um, that one was weird. Um, and then uh, who else, Nick? There's so many I can't yeah, think of anybody. Zach, who was in a band called the Nixons in yeah. the 90s who wrote songs for Daughtry. Um, wow. And um, Carrie Underwood. Yeah, lots Carrie of Underwood, people that, yeah, and then, that uh, were just uh, coming Joe in and Clark out. Clark came in and then this guy from a band called Summer Camp Yeah, that were like a kind of like a really kind of a super hip underground. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, Charlton band. Pettis, who you might have mentioned when you were talking to Mike Wainwright, yeah, because yeah. he's in Tears for Fears, he came by and we wrote with him a bunch too. One of those nice. songs that we wrote back then, actually, we has never been part of anything because it just didn't feel right. And now we're actually going to be releasing it on this record. Are you? Serious? Oh, that's cool. It, which is so funny. Yeah, that's a long time after. It is. It just never felt like it clicked with the other stuff that we were doing at the time. So yeah. now it's finally like, hey, this song makes sense now. I am Somehow. so excited to hear that Weird. now. <laughs> yeah. So what's the name of that song moon cry water okay yeah I, yeah. I, yeah I know the one you mean <laughs> <laughs> so how long did you live in texas it was it was just under a year but man it that changed me like that was like huge because we were like 21 22 and that was our first time being away from the house first you know time on an airplane yeah first time, first time for everything home in another country yeah uh, no parents no nothing no you know safety net you know what i mean yeah, yeah. You're, you're in a in a city where we they uh, they rented a house for us the label so we all just stayed in this house and it was like crazy it was just it could it was chaotic at times and awesome yeah i mean we're talking like greg our old bass player grew up in dane city <laughs> and, I grew up in, and i grew up in ridgeway Bridgeway Stevensville. So like the two half of the band were like, you know, guys from the country. And now we're like dropped in the center of a major metropolitan. Mm-hmm. City. <laughs> like I remember when, you know, things were going really well with a little buzz was developing in Toronto. And when the label, uh, there was a small uh, kind of not bidding war, but there were like discussions with Canadian labels. And then this American label came in. And then they flew us to New York City. So like my first time ever on a plane and Greg's first time ever on a plane. Yeah, that was before uh, we actually went to Texas, right? Like, we didn't know yet. We went there to sign the papers, basically. Yeah. They flew us there just to go to New York for a few days. And we were like, this is so cool. This is actually, yeah. wow, this is I happening. I how I'd control my excitement. Yeah, that- it was so, very exciting. Yeah, <laughs> I just was like wide-eyed the whole time. Like, yeah. I was like, these, like, I mean, I've been to Toronto tons of times in my life, but New York has this thing about it. That's, yeah. That's oh, yeah. Unique, it's legendary, right? right? And then, then we're sitting in the office of the label guy and he's like, you know what I was thinking? I was thinking you guys should move to Austin, Texas. <laughs> We're like, sure, oh, that's a great idea. Like, okay. Like, okay. He's like, and then he looks at the AR. So the head of the label says this to the AR guy. He goes, Yeah, find them a house and we'll uh, we'll move them to Austin. And, oh, then, wow. and then later that <laughs> night, we played a gig at CBGB's during the last week one of it was the last, ever open. Yeah, one of the last shows there. And then uh, then we came home. We played two gigs with Fear of a Dead Man, Ottawa and Montreal. And Montreal was minus 29. Oh, and Michelle was like minus 35. We deadheaded from Montreal to, to Niagara 
just to get on a plane and then go to Austin. Well, because basically it's like 70 degrees in that. Yeah, that's true. But it that and that was wild. But in that discussion about the, you know, when Steve got what Gottlieb was mentioning, that was the the person that ran the the label uh, moving us to Texas. We were like, okay, yeah, that's a cool idea. Right. And then like literally that night, it was like, okay, so you're, you're going to Texas in two weeks for a long time. (laughs) So it's like, yeah, say goodbye to your parents. Yeah. (laughs) That was it. Things changed fast for you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Like from the minute you jumped on that plane to New York, it was, yeah, it was pretty wild. Yeah. It, it, It like, you know, there were that year of my life was basically just my mind being blown uh, into pieces repeatedly and then trying to not having the uh, not having the emotional uh, fortitude to really and psychological abilities to really handle all of those things, you know, like no doubt um, and, and you're just like, oh, OK, I guess. Well, this is how life is now. I guess this is what normal is like. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, OK, sure. Yeah. OK. Then we're, once we were in Texas, it was like we're going to ping pong you across this state into every single corner and small town and you're going to go play gigs. We're like, okay, cool. Like, uh, I guess that was a lot of fun too. I guess that's what life is like now. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, yeah, we made a, we went to California, made a record, uh, then went to Vancouver to finish it. And then, uh, we're like hitting the road and everything seemed like it was going to be the thing, like everything. You're going to release this record and then you're going to tour and you're going to do all these things like that, you know, bands do. Yeah. And you, and you have no reason not to believe it because because everything so far has happened. Everything's happened. Everything's happened. Great. So you come home and you're like, Oh, you know, Oh, it's been a nice year away. We're going to, now we're going to hit the road. We're going to drive across Canada. And then during that first tour, our record was supposed to come out and then it just never did. And then it just didn't come out. They just didn't put it out. So, so like all you, of that kind of led up to an album that didn't happen. Yeah. 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 An, an album that, that well, literally uh, had artwork. Everything was done. Everything was ready to go. Wow. They just didn't put it out. We're like, well, what's going on here? Yeah, we had, and then we weren't getting any answers. We had three A-list producers work on it. We had an A-list guy mix it. We had an A-list. Yeah, There was a lot. Mastered. There was a substantial amount we, of money put the, into the record. The guy that did the artwork on a bunch of the Zeppelin records did the artwork for this record. Like it was serious stuff. And then uh, I remember being in, uh, being in Saskatchewan or or Winnipeg the day that our re- the release was supposed to happen and then we're so we're like we're we were just, basically not we're just like is it happening we're we like, don't so, know is so it we, happening we stopped at a mall and went into a record store and obviously the record wasn't there and then it started that this for for kids that that are listening we didn't have really cell phones at the time we had cell phones that were flip phones yeah. so we we're getting uh, there was no Instagram or uh, anything we're getting messages uh from people like hey I went to the record store and your record's not there yeah and then the manager is calling the label and they just don't answer the phone anymore yeah and, <laughs> that was oh, it. Wow. and what then it was actually like, happened yeah <laughs> we yeah. we didn't get any answers for, for over, uh, over a, year? a year nothing just nothing that's mind-blowing and it was it was devastating and like it really sent i sent me in a downward spiral that's for sure i was just like totally messed up from it lost and uh well after all that hype i mean yeah they put so much into you guys yeah Yeah, and everybody dead every step along the way they're like this is going to be great we're so excited and like this the enthusiasm is contagious and you're just like you're just so excited and you're so pumped up you're like well you believe everything and you believe in yourself you know and that's the most important thing but then for this to happen it was yeah yeah i started like going what what, why why 
Well, what is question it? everything? Yeah. Right? I mean, what, why are they not putting this out? This is like, we work so hard on this. It's, it's what, what's going on. And just to not get any answers at all. No, that's weird. Was <laughs> devastating. You know, we were calling our agent or messaging, or I was talking on instant messaging our, our manager every day. Do you hear anything? Nope. I called twice. Nothing. Uh, I hear they might be going bankrupt. Because at the time, every label was falling apart. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They subsequently went bankrupt. Yeah. They were. But they the, just were uh, avoiding us basically that yeah, whole time. We, so. we found out like with we could get into it. Well, we can get as deep into it as you would like, but I'll give you the broad strokes was basically we signed a deal that was that was a uh, we didn't take a lot of money. Per, we didn't really take. I think we took two thousand dollars each. Yeah. Uh, yeah uh, and like. we, we put all the money in, into the whole project and and basically was like, there was a big chunk of money. And then once the record is released, then they invest another chunk, the second chunk of money, which yeah, go into the marketing and the touring and the whole thing. So they right. wouldn't put the record out because then they'd be on the hook for several hundred thousand dollars. Right. So for them, it would, they were way much better off to just, just leaving it on the shelf because yeah. they were having other financial problems. Right. So we were trying to force a release. But now uh, we're trying to, we have to get lawyers involved just to get like a letter, like yeah. to to send them because we were getting nowhere, you know. Yeah. And now we're just literally in this weird limbo. We've got a record finish. We can't do anything. It was brutal, oh, wow. you know. Yeah. So big question: What happened to that record? Uh, it's on a hard drive downstairs. Yeah. I mean, looking back on that record and listening to it, I'm totally okay that nobody heard it. Oh. Right, but there were good songs. But it, it, there were some good songs. But it, yeah, definitely not representative of who we are at this point but again now this is so much long later on in our career like we i think i still think that those days really did um you know they they did what they set out to do and i'm forever grateful for that because there was a lot of development put into to us and we learned so much about ourselves i found myself out there i know that sounds like you know (laughs) (laughs) but it's um it really, it, it, it helped me find who I was as an artist. I already knew that I was like a bluesy rocker kind of singer person. And that's, that's where I sat um, in this rock band. But yeah, I mean, it was still all very useful to yeah. finding who we are. So everything so happens from, for a reason. Well. Yeah. So from, from there, I mean, I know, uh, obviously you didn't give up because uh, you, you're still, yeah. still doing it. Yeah. Um, so from there was that that was still as Oliver Black. That's right. Right. Yeah. So so Oliver Black at that point the, the album doesn't get released, and you guys you're gonna you're gonna hit that that uh, that spiral. I guess that would really I mean that would be heartbreaking. I can't even imagine. I I'd be devastated myself just if something like that happened. But you guys didn't quit. You guys just kept going. Yeah, we kept playing. Um, and it was tough, though, because like there was then at that point, I mean, I was really just I was very depressed. I don't think I hit my wall until like a year or two after. I think like it really yeah. took a long time for it to sink in for me personally, uh, for Greg and for Serena. I think they really understood the weight of it as it was happening. And it just didn't click in my head. I was still kind of in a it's going to be OK kind of frame of mind and a year or two later then then I hit the wall and when I hit the wall I hit it the similar way that Serena did but it was just stunted so like my yeah. my my uh antics or my acting out 
uh, if you saw it from the outside, kind of didn't seem to fit anything. It was just like out of nowhere, Nick's being really a jerk all the time. You know, you know what I mean? So like, because yeah. I, I just didn't have the capacity to deal with it properly, mm-hmm. that it happened yeah. so much later. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. we subsequently ran into six or seven more brick walls after that. Oh, yeah. We've yeah. been disappointed so many times now. Yeah. Now it makes me laugh. <laughs> yeah. well, we learned, I, mean, I mean, that was the first. Sorry, go ahead. Just, it gets easier, right? Like, yeah, it does. It, it was the first real big obstacle we ever had to face, like adversity like that. And what do you do? Right. So you pick up your stuff and you get back and you go, you keep going. It was really tough. The first time that was obvious, pretty obvious. Like it took, it took a few years to kind of get back to like, what do we do? Well, we need to start writing again. We were also kind of being held hostage. We were being held hostage too, because we couldn't, we didn't know what we were actually allowed to do, you know, because we couldn't really release music or anything. So that's why we decided, okay, let's change our band name. Let's just, even though it's still the four of us, we're just going to change our name. Okay. We're town line. We were literally town line for like two seconds. Yeah. <laughs> no yeah. yeah. I'd then forgotten that like, name. Then Al left. Yeah. And then, uh, and then, yeah. Yeah. But it was just about taking that step to like, okay, what do we do next? All right. Well, now we start writing songs. That's what we need to do. So we started writing with our buddy Dave and um, that felt so good. And Dave had a very country influence and he, he now lives in Nashville and he writes like big ass hits songs with lady annabelle yeah which is amazing but basically you know we were kind of getting this little twang into our sound and wasn't totally opposed to it but we're still definitely a rock band um but yeah so we started writing these songs and then that was turning into something we're like well let's put an ep out okay so we're gonna be uh serena prine and the mandevilles i don't know why we decided on having serena prine at the forefront for some reason it well, everybody in the people kept saying yes you need to do it like that it's either be just serena prine and not the band and i'm like well that's not fair because we're a band yes. so that's, i think we were trying to make a compromise basically like okay if you want it to be serena prine fine but with the band it, that's what we have to because we were still working with a, a manager at the time and you know they were advising us to do certain things so you do it and you know we would only compromise on certain things because we're definitely not the kind of people that compromise. We no. don't <laughs> and you never should. You no. never should. Anybody who's listening to this always, always stick to your gut. Um, and it, it's worth it, even though you might be disappointed at times with the, the things you hear back feedback wise, but like you ha- always have to be true to yourself. So we, we, you know, we proceeded with this name and, and this EP and then um, made a video. I'm trying, I'm skipping ahead here, but we made a video um, for a song called heaven on the highway. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And that, and that like actually caught the attention of, uh, of a label label here in in Toronto, a country label, believe it or not. So then we were like, okay, yeah. Even though we're like, okay, well, we're not a country band. You know, this (laughs) there was, Um, there was hints of a country. Yeah. There definitely were a little hints of it, but still we had to be very upfront about it because it's a country label approaching you now. Right. Like I'm not wearing a damn cowboy hat. Yeah, (laughs) You know, we're not like, you know, we don't fit into that mold either. Right. Cause like, that's the thing. Our bands never, you know, labels and managers and people in the business, the business of things always want to pigeonhole you into like this one area well you can't be rock if you're gonna sound like this oh you're too country for that oh you're this is too folky this song why where does that fit in well how about we just do what we do and let us do it yeah Yeah. 
but unfortunately people start, you know, canoodling into, you know, how it all works for you. And that can really mess with your head. You have to yeah. try to just like keep your blinders on. And so, yeah, we, we caught, we ended up working with this label um, that did not go well. And, and I have no problem telling you that MDM recordings is awful. Do not work with them. Um, <laughs> it was, it was a lot of, it was a lot of painstaking Ugh. anyway. And we also were doing tons of touring in Europe because we, we caught, we managed to just meet someone from the Netherlands randomly in a hallway in Toronto. So always nice. say yes to gigs too, guys, because you know, you never know what it could lead to. Um, but That's we were literally so playing at a music expo, um, in a hallway, in a hallway. And this Dutch guy comes up to us afterwards and goes, oh, wow, you guys are really good. You want to come to the Netherlands and play shows? We're like, yeah. And then <laughs> yeah. like a week later, he messaged us and was like, yeah, so I'm trying to line up a tour for you. And that's how that happened. So are we you just serious. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I was always wondering. I never knew exactly how you guys ended up in Europe. That's yeah, literally yeah, he, how it happened. <laughs> he, he was like, OK, so how many shows do I need to book to make it so that it works for you guys? So we're like, well, if we get paid X amount and we play X amount of gigs, then the tour will pay for itself. And I, I, I think we like said was like 18 or 16 gigs or something. And then he was like, OK. And the whole time we're talking to each other like, like this, this isn't going to happen. Gonna happen. Yeah. And then he came back. He's like, so I booked 27 gigs. Oh, my and, goodness. Wow. Uh, and you guys can come. In two and that weeks. was in like 40 days, like a 40 day span or something, too. It was like yeah. gigs. All, it was a ton of work, basically. Right. Wow. Yeah. And then midway through that tour, he was like, all right. So I booked another 40. Um, yeah. That's that's in the start. Then that cycle will start in a month and a half. We're like, OK, so we came home for yeah. a month and then flew back over there. And through that middle of that tour, they were like, hey, you guys have a band because we can start booking like full band gigs with like clubs and stuff like that because we've gone over as a duo the first few times because just to make it to see if there were any interest and make it financially work and then they're like yeah so uh, yeah bring your band and then they're like hey so we now we got you giant festival dates bring the wow. band again and we're like okay let's so we rode that wave until it was amazing until it, until it yeah. hit the beach you know and and it what was a great experience. Dutch guardian, guardian angel. Like it just showed <laughs> up in a hallway. Yeah, it was pretty wild, actually. Wow. But then, you know, again, things just kind of went south with that. But, but the experience sometimes that happens. Incredible. Yeah, mean, yeah, it was a great time. Yeah, it was an amazing time. No regrets, obviously. But yeah, it's just, you know, things run its course sometimes. And then that that's what happened there. And then, you know, we... We still ended up, and then afterwards we had a little bit of a lineup change with our band. That was disappointing, but you know, that stuff happens too. Yeah. Nick and I have always been like the core, obviously. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, we're not going anywhere, but um, then we started, we had a bunch of songs, so we were going to make another record and we contacted Garth Richardson, who's an incredibly um, successful music producer. Um and he's a friend and we worked, we had worked with them back in all our, all of our black days. So we approached him again and said, would you want to work with us on this record? And he's like, Oh yeah, of course. So then we went out to Vancouver and made a record with him. We were still with MDM recordings. And then, you know, we told them we were going to do that. And that, that was met with not, 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 not anything disappointing, but like, okay. All right. So then, then they heard the record and they didn't like it at all. <laughs> Yeah, because it was too rock. He kept on saying, the label guy kept on saying, this is a rock record. We're like, yeah, like, we yeah. know. We're a rock <laughs> band. Rock band. Again, we told you we're a rock band. Yeah. Said, what am I supposed to do with this? I'm like, I don't know. 
put it out. I don't want to put this out. Yeah. It's not country, but we told you 150 times. We're not country. Based. So then cut to uh, the same thing happening. We have an, an entire record done and a label that doesn't want to release it. Oh, we have a, Yeah. We have a date ready to go. Everything's ready to go. No, don't want to release it. We had to basically force them to put it out and just say, let's just please put it out. But they didn't put any marketing into it. Nothing. They just put it out and let us, you know, die basically. Oh, yeah. wow. Well, what do um, you, what do you do? I don't know. When and that, what do when, you do? Yeah, yeah. Then that happens. You're like, literally, I just poured everything I have into this. Yeah. And then someone just goes, no. Yeah. So simple. And then, then the whole thing comes to a just giant stop. Like how, how can this be what happens here? You, they have all the power and then now you can't do anything about it. So yeah. again, we, again, they put it out reluctantly, but like we, like I just said too, didn't put any marketing into it. Didn't help us with any like touring or anything like that. Like they were supposed to basically did not fulfill any of the things that they were supposed to do and took all of our factor and, money and so. took our factor money. Yeah. Like it's a, Oh my God. It's oh, that's a whole right. other thing to talk about, but yeah yeah it's the music industry is very corrupt in a lot of yeah. ways <laughs> oh, yeah. Now, areas, yeah you have to be careful yeah. now how long ago was that um well, five years ago 20 no yeah yeah, yeah the record's five years old yeah the record's five years old now but yeah it's around five years you so for going. once again you guys just you pull your socks up and you just keep going and now what what happened after that what was the next <laughs> Well, we had another manager person to working with us, remember? Yeah. We and that, of, that was also weird. That didn't work out. So we, we super long story short, we floundered around for a while. We wrote a whole record that we didn't end up recording. We just scrapped everything. It just wasn't very good. We were not in a great space, headspace to be writing. And the, the content of the material was just not, not good. So we ended up scrapping that whole thing. And but you writing. do have to write sometimes. Do you have to write? you know, bad songs just to get to some good ones yeah. too. Sometimes. Right? Oh, of course. Yeah, so absolutely. Then, so then we started collaborating with a friend named uh, Neil Morrissey, who was in a band called 50 diamond rocks in the nineties mm-hmm. was, they were a Niagara band. He's a great writer and uh, we collaborated and made a, basically wrote a, a record of all new material minus the, the one song that is from our old Oliver black days. And then we, basically had a record pretty much ready to go. And then this pandemic happened. Oh, wow. Uh, All right. So my prediction for you guys is when all of this is finally over, the world owes you something. (laughs) (laughs) I would say, oh my God. At this point, I'd take 60 bucks and be happy with it. (laughs) We we filmed the video for Junkie. That was in January, right? of, Of last year. And we're like so excited to be releasing stuff. And then everything just, you know, as we all know, just stopped. So then we're like, great. Now what do we do? We've been like slowly dripping out some new content. But the thing is, is like, I would love to put a record in anybody's uh, hands or phone to listen to. But then like, what do we do with it? We can't tour, right? We can't tour. That's right. So now like, do you do you play your hand? And like, let's let's imagine best case scenario. We put this record out tomorrow. Everybody goes nutso for it. Still can't really tour it. No. You can't tour it. No, you can't I mean, do like, anything with it. We, we can tour right now, but it's everything's so loosey goosey and it's all we on eggshells. We don't know if shells. it's going to get canceled or whatever. The whole music yeah. business yeah. is still a house of cards, like yeah. the touring business. 
So yeah. like, so like, what do we do? We what do we put the record out, and then even if it does gangbusters, we still can't do anything. So we've been trying to hold on to it and drip out little bits uh, to people, but yeah, like create the excitement and yeah, yeah you're totally right but then now like, as an artist too you're like well this stuff's getting old now and and i want to write i want to write yeah. i want to move on from this but yeah you're in this weird limbo spot again yeah yeah well, that, that can, does make it tough i can tell you from the outside looking in i mean you guys have a great story of absolute persistence right oh, and yeah. that's and that is what it takes like you can't it does take that that's people true. think they're just gonna be like i'm gonna be a musician i'm gonna write some songs i'm gonna hit the road and everything's gonna be and it's awesome. gonna happen i'm gonna give myself two years yeah oh yes. well good luck happen. with that i mean yeah i don't think that's ever happened to anybody i don't care what yeah. they say yeah. um but you know you just gotta keep going and you have to you know learn your lessons and and be happy for your experiences and and just and one once again going. the line comes up the line comes up is be true to yourself. And it's over. And I, over. I think every, every artist we've talked to so far has, has said that line. Yeah. Um, because they, if you're not, then you're, you're always trying to be that, that artist they're trying to make you into and you'll never be happy. Exactly. So, you know, I, I, you <laughs> you'll guys never be happy that. and you're just doing something for, to serve someone else. So what's the point of that? You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. So where can people find your stuff? You guys on like social media? Do you have a website? Yeah, we've got a website. It's heymandevilles.com because I couldn't get the mandevilles for some reason. <laughs> That's okay. I like this one better. Yeah. I thought you just misspelled it. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second. What? <laughs> but yeah, that, we're on all the things, Instagram, Facebook, but uh, everything's from our website. You can connect from there. We are. Uh, we're also on Twitch. Yeah, we're, That's a big thing for us now. Yeah, wow, for we'll sure. Have to find you on Twitch and everybody listening, go find them on Twitch. That Twitch is twitch.tv slash the Manavilles. Yeah. Yes. Well, <laughs> thank you guys. Thank you guys thank so you. much. You know, it's great seeing you guys again. I mean, it's been uh, been a little while since I got a chance to talk to you, but yeah. you know, yeah. we'll have to yeah. stay in touch a little more. I love all the stuff you're doing. I've been following you guys. Um, I'm screening, you're even doing some cameos with other bands and stuff. I now. Have little things I, here and there. I, yeah. I'm loving it. Yeah, it's great. Well, Keep I'll doing put- what you're doing, guys. Yeah, I'll put all the links to your website and stuff and your Twitch into the uh, the show notes here so people can just click them and get right to it. Cool. And uh, okay. thank you Thank again you so, so much, guys. Much. Anything you ever need from us or anything you ever could think of, yeah. just reach out. We're there. We'd love to awesome. be part of anything you guys are doing. It's so much, so inspiring and you know, you makes me ha- very happy. Have, but you're part of the foundation of, of, of us, right? So if we can turn around and help you the way you did for us, just let us know. Oh, wow. Well, I appreciate that. That's awesome. Yeah.